Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mean Green Nation Podcast. Welcome to it. Guess who we got back? Uh, you know, a man who couldn't be bothered uh, to watch his favorite football team. And then it makes you wonder something. Uh, anyway, Mr. Aldo Avina, how are you doing on this fine Sunday morning? Hey, it's uh, good to be back. I'm not feeling too great. Just rolled out of bed. <laughs> yeah, I think you can probably hear that in both their voices. I rolled out of bed. And I mean, you know... I don't want to make it seem like I'm a creep, you know, to be like, oh, first thing I'm thinking of is this mean green football team. But, uh, I mean, in effect, I'm just, I'm up here doing a podcast, right, about the mean green football team. So there's only, it's like a, a degree, right, of creepiness, of obsessive. <laughs> and that's fine, right? That's fine. We can accept that. Um, I actually, I'm in, like, Aldo cannot see this right now because I have a background in the Zoom thing. Um but I'm in my my kids' room because everybody's like, well, I guess we're going to go eat breakfast if Dad's going to go do his podcast. Um, so I was like, well, you know, that's a good spot. You got a little setup there with a the little table. I'll just use that instead of my desk. Because if I'm at my desk, it kind of feels like work, you know? And I don't really want to feel like I'm working. Well, anyway. And, uh, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm upstairs in the kids' playroom and <laughs> uh, because it has carpet. Yeah. downstairs is all like hard floor and i still haven't set up my my office like it's mm-hmm. just a chair and that's <laughs> it and so it's going to be so echoey and i decided just to I get mean, up here and kick them out yeah i mean it's a playroom right it's not necessarily a kid's playroom you know like it's where you, it's <laughs> your dad true. could play in here too you know? all right so folks it was bad and I, there's not really another way to say it there's not a nice way to do this thing um, you know, like the the mean green were poor, very poor. Uh, especially offensively, right? And that's kind of the problem when the main dude is an offensive genius, and we only managed the two hundred twenty yards. And now we can give him like, all right, um, Jair Shorter, talented receiver, out. Tommy Bush, leg broke. Deontay Simpson just getting back into it so you say okay well that's a lot of dudes that also oscar attaway injured um but those are also his his you know his purview is part of his job is getting good players to come play here right um and then you know he develops his next man up kind of mentality this is why you build the whole roster so that way you can compete um and you know just in short i don't think that the terrible play out there was all because we just didn't have our our aces in the hole. Um, if you don't know, if you're like tuning into the show and you're like, man, I don't even know what happened. I tune into the Mingry Nation podcast so I can be kept up to date on the latest and greatest. Well, we lost 40 to 6 in the um, Conference USA opener, right? This was a conference game, so it's doubly bad. And it was against the defending champs, right? You know, UAB, but they looked very terrible, about as terrible as we look tonight against Georgia, and, you know, it's just not good all around. Aldo, you, you finally watched a game, and this is your this is your treat? Yeah, we were able to, the whole family went to the game. Uh, it was actually family weekend or parents weekend, uh, whatever they call it. Uh, didn't know that, but um, there was a good presence in the stadium, and uh, it was nice to be back out again after not going to any games last year. Uh, so it's it was nice getting back into the, the college football um atmosphere and and being around excited people being around um 
you know the it, it's, it wasn't that hot it was warm enough but it felt like like good weather for tailgating and for hanging out in a, in a, outside with other people yeah and um but yeah so it, it was i don't know if it looked as bad as it did on tv as it did in real life <laughs> but it, but it was <laughs> i mean yeah like so the announcers were kind of like man this game is weird and i you know so my wife was like were they right is it was it a weird game and you know, so I'll just address that now. I think it was it had an air of weirdness to it because UAB was kicking our ass, right? It was pretty easy to see. But UAB, and if you're like a UAB fan, listen to this. Well, you know, this is a Mingry Nation podcast. They're not that good. Um, they have clear weaknesses, right? Like their starting quarterback came into this game and he finished the day one of six for 32 yards, right? There's some obvious weaknesses. Their run game, they had six dudes tote the ball, and just two of them had greater than, you know, four yards of carry. Uh, one was four of 19, long of 40. One was 10 of 53, right? His long was 23, and that kind of pushed him over. Um, North Texas, believe it or not, did a great job of bottling up the run. Uh, but overall, 50 totes for 168 yards and 3.4 yards per carry. That's what we were worried about, that they were going to gash us, they were going to run all day on us. And there were some times, like that final TD drive, they kind of did that, they you know bullet everybody. But it was not 500 yards of, of rushing the ball, right? Like like we saw yeah, against UAB, Yeah, UAB did not look great offensively um, in any of the previous weeks, and they didn't look great offensively this week. They just had some really big plays, like two or three big plays, that that put us put them ahead. And... You know, we were putting them in a good spot by throwing it into the other uh, other <laughs> defenders. Yeah, I, mean, I was in the I was I had the the perfect view, and uh, where uh, Reuter threw that first interception. So wait, Tim, what was that dude wearing? Did he like just temporarily put on a mean green shirt and then? Was like... <laughs> I don't know what happened there because <laughs> he was in front of him, and I thought, oh, he's gonna dump it off to the to the tight end. It's going to the tight end. Uh. Why isn't he throwing it to the tight end? Okay, there's nobody left. Just throw it away. And then he decides to throw it to that guy who's not open at all. And the whole the whole the whole stanza is like, what is he doing? What does he see? <laughs> so know. all right, so number one, uh, just to finish my point, that's why it was weird, right? Because we're getting blown out by a team that was almost incapable of blowing us out. Um, they seemed surprised that they were getting long TDs by their tight end. Uh, as we were, right? And so they're like, all right, well, I guess we're up. Look at us. We're up 21 points. Isn't that crazy? So it was a little bit like that because, like, North Texas defense shut them down for a little bit there. Uh, you know, they held them to three in the third and held them to seven in the fourth. Um, you know, after getting walloped in the first quarter, like you said, by some gifts, like, one, we're just not going to guard the tight end. Um, and, you know, actually that was a miscommunication. Twice. That, yeah, the safety started taking the slot receiver deep, and then he, I guess he was supposed to hand it off to the other safety because that safety was pointing to the guy running free, and then the quarterback saw him, and then he was, you know, like you never want your safeties pointing at each other doing that Spider-Man point when <laughs> the play is happening, and that's what happened. Um, and then the second long TD to that guy Prince was pretty terrible because no one could catch him, and he's a tight end. Now, that's not to say that tight ends can't be fast, but you want at least one guy faster than the tight end because uh, otherwise you're in a lot of trouble. Um, 
and and they were. He outran everybody. That guy, what is his name? Prince. Uh, three catches, 136 yards, two scores. Garrett Prince, two scores. Uh, longest 61. So that guy had a career day. Way to go, North Texas. Keeping up that streak, giving everybody a career day. You know, hand them out. So that's why it felt weird, right? Because it was like, wow, what, what's going on here? And it also looked like North Texas never really was ever going to come back. And so you could, there was no energy. The crowd was quiet, or at least on TV. The announcers kept saying it. They're like, man, they're getting hyped for the band. The band is kicking ass. It's, it's UAB, the band, uh, in one and two for who's kicking the most ass, uh, you know, in this game. What does that mean for us? Well, it means you get you lose forty to six. It's it was a terrible showing, um, but yeah, UAB four hundred two yards. Uh, I think Aldo, you can see this right here, right? Um, four hundred two yards for UAB. Only the two twenty for us. Uh, two thirty four. Like we like if you gave me these numbers right here, and you're like, hey, look, we held UAB to four hundred two, two hundred thirty four throwing, one hundred sixty eight on the ground. They committed eleven penalties for one hundred eight yards. Um, you know. Just the 17 first downs, 3 of 12 on third. I'd be like, yeah, I mean, did we win? We had, it feels like those were winning defensive numbers for us. Uh, the answer is no, no, no. We lost by uh, 34 points. And you're like, what, what happened? What were we doing? Did we just throw pick sixes all day? Uh, and the answer is sort of, kind of. Um, 17 of 34 for 99 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That was the combined output of our quarterbacking duo. Um, Austin Ani, if you're like, man, well, he only got that first half. He didn't, you know, like after Jace Reuter threw an interception, they rightfully sat him down. Uh, well, I guess he also got like broken half, right? They were testing <laughs> his uh, testing his stretch Armstrong abilities, so they sat him down for a little bit. Um, I don't know why. And Austin Ani got out there, classic 2020 North Texas move. Like, oh, quarterback threw an interception. Let's bench him and bring someone else on. Uh, Austin Ani, 8 of 21, 65 yards. He was poor to quite poor in this game. Did you notice anything? Uh, or did you notice how terrible he was? Can I just say that? I mean, yeah. I guess Reuter set the, set the tempo with that <laughs> weird interception at the beginning. Um, you know, he got hit pretty hard. The offensive line was struggling there. And when, when Ani came out, uh, you know, and it's it's something that that Latrell's always done in the past. If he has an option to go back to, he'll do that. He did that with uh, um, Alex. Uh, I'm blanking Al- on his Al- name. Alec Morris. Alec Morris. And then uh, by bringing him out and sw- putting in fine, he, he he's done it with Bean. But yeah, when when Ani was out there, I he was quickly looking for the run. <laughs> He was not setting himself to throw, uh, and I don't think he knew where his guys were going. He was just throwing it to a spot, assuming they were going to do a go or something. And and so you saw several times DeAndre Torrey, Roderick Burns. He was just thrown to the slots. That that they're like, what what's going on? Why are you throwing it there? They were shaking their heads. There was a lot of confusion going around. Yeah, and um, I think. There's some blame to go. So the quarterbacks are bad. Uh, it looked like Ani was seeing ghosts or something. I don't know what was happening there. Uh, but, yeah, you look at the – he got a lot of opportunity. 8 of 21 for a guy that started all, all season last year. Uh, that was just – it's just terrible. Um, Ruder, I'm a little bit more forgiving because you're like, well, he's trying to get some reps. And um, 
what we're looking at here, though, is a couple, you know, former three, four-star guys, and we're not getting a whole lot there. And I'm starting to think that we should just scour Oklahoma for, you know, tiny quarterbacks that could do some things that are under-recruited because maybe that's the only thing we have success with. Um, all right, setting that aside and some jokes, yes, let's address the this conditions, right? You know, like in the my favorite line from Batman, the 89 Batman, is like, but look what I have to work with here. Um, Burns, walk-on receiver, right? He's doing well, all that other good stuff, but eight targets, two catches, 21 yards. Not a whole lot there. He dropped a couple. Um, there was that one in the end zone, hit his hands, and sure, it was a difficult catch. But I say to you, that's your job, and if you want to be great, you got to make that catch. Like Coach always said, if it hits you in the hands, you should have caught it. Um, you know, a lot of guys with lots of targets. Um, this is Ward, five targets, two catches. Um, five targets to DeAndre Torrey, two catches, four yards. And, you know, well, he's a running back. Well, he was also advertised as a pass-catching running back and a guy that's going to catch it, maybe even play a little wide receiver. Um, you know, five targets, two catches, four yards is not going to really do it. Um, Deontay Simpson, I didn't really see, because, you know, like you can't really see it in the TV, how often he was open or if he was open. Um, the couple times that I saw, you know, more of the screen, it didn't look like he was shaking his dude so easily every time. He did have that spectacular catch, and his helmet came off, and then he ran for a touchdown that was called back because we don't allow people running without their helmet. A little Jason Witten moment. Um, so, but that was it. That was kind of like his only appearance, and he was like kind of done after that. What did you see from him in your position in the stands? Sorry, struggling with Zoom here. Um, <laughs> he was, you know, he had lots of chances, and he was giving Ani and, and um, Ruder plenty of opportunity to pass to him by being open. <laughs> he was, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of times he was just set up one on one, and he was beating his guy on the on the on the outside. I mean, he wasn't like burning them up or anything, but enough yeah. to be open. But um, at, by that point, um, the quarterback had already looked away from him or never even looked at him, was was scrambling around and looking for, um, you know, the tight end or the slot receivers. They they didn't they weren't looking outside very often. And when they were, those guys were bracketed, you know, they were double covered or the ball was just overthrown. Yeah. So overall, not good. Um you know, I was kind of watching. I, it, I've seen good quarterback play. I saw um, – so before this game, right, I was watching Louisiana Tech and SMU, and I was rooting for Louisiana Tech. And joke was on me because Louisiana Tech lost in a very Louisiana Tech way. And, like, you know, on a Hail Mary to end the game where they blitzed – you know, they rushed six. Nobody even got close to that quarterback. And they threw it up, and it was like a knockdown pass and right to Roberson and he scored a touchdown and I was just like oh this is terrible but Louisiana Tech was doing offensive things and it made me even more frustrated because Louisiana Tech has um a bunch of new guys on their squad right that was kind of the thing that they're uh, we're gonna play Louisiana Tech next the uh our, we played Missouri then Louisiana Tech or Louisiana Tech then Missouri I forget um but we're gonna they're coming up um, so Tech was, you know, the, the, Skip Holtz was talking to him. I was like, so Skip, what's going on? And he was like, well, 
we're concerned about our, you know, we're blending a lot of guys. That's our focus. We're just trying to deal with getting all these new guys on the team. And, you know, so we just got to believe in our culture, blah, blah, blah. So the thinking was they might be good if they can put it together. But if they're bad, it's going to be because they're blending a lot of guys. And I think they get sort of have the best of both worlds. They challenged Mississippi State and lost towards the end. Um, they had a shootout with an FCS team. And then now basically had SMU beat and then allow a touchdown at the end and kind of getting unlucky. And, you know, they, they're doing this with their, their guy, Austin Kendall, right, a, a West Virginia transfer. And we have a North Carolina transfer, and we look terrible. Like, we look so far off from that standard. And that's something that I've complained about here, right? I'm like, what we want is something sort of competitive. Like, if you're a Louisiana Tech fan, you know, they you know they have their extremes. People that are like, let's fire Skip Holtz because he's not winning national championships. And then other guys that are like, well, you know, it's glad, good to be competitive. I think when you're in a situation that we're in right now, right, North Texas fans, and you're looking – at a team that goes down 17 nothing in the first quarter. And you're like, man, this sure seems like a pattern. Well, we go down two or three scores. How do we always look surprised to play? Like we didn't know that they could actually tackle us or we didn't know that they were going to be rough with us. We're like, hey, wait, wait, wait a second. These guys are trying to sack the quarterback. I didn't know that was allowed. Um, you know, it's frustrating because then you look, like I said, like a Louisiana Tech that's been super consistent, if not great. They're just like a bar. They're always there. They're never like, well, Louisiana Tech's going to suck this year. You never say that. Um, but you can say that about North Texas, right? Last year, like, man, their defense is terrible. They're going to suck. This year, looks like our offense is terrible. And I think one, judging by last year and how the defense never improved, it just continued to be awful that – I don't have high hopes for this offense. I'm like, whatever it's going to be, it is. Yeah, or whatever it is, it's going to be. Um, I don't know that Jace Reuter is not going to stop seeing ghosts. I don't know that Asanani is going to improve on last year. I don't know that wide receiver is going to get open all of a sudden. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to let you speak. I promise it just this is all bottled up and I was complaining <laughs> about it. Um, yeah, I was looking at, again, Jalen Darden did a lot of this, right? 19 scores. Of our 28 touchdown passes last year, he, you know, he caught, like, all the passes. And some of that just because he's good, right? He's good. You, you can't be bad and, and catch all the, and uh, just catch all the passes, right? Um, that, for me, what I see here is a lot of the things I've been complaining about, a lot of things I complained about in week one where I was saying, you know, that was 44 points or whatever it was, but it seemed like a poor 44. It didn't look like, you know, we're getting our guys open. And they're like, well... Shorter's coming back. He doesn't have his rhythm. Tommy Bush kind of getting, you know, in. There was a lot of excuses and a lot of, uh, like, rationalizing the play when I saw poor execution. A lot of what we did was say, you know what? We have one guy that's better than you, and we're going to spam that button. Give it to Tory. Give it to Tory. Give it to Tory again. And he had, what, 25 carries, 244 yards, three scores. That, in in a good team, he would have had... 15 carries, 175 yards, and two scores. And, you know, like the receivers would have had like 100-yard days. And, you know, we would have seen another Pirtle uh, SES miracle or something like that. That's that's the sign of a good team because everybody would have been executing, right? All those missed opportunities would have been catches. Uh, it would have put other guys in position to score. We didn't see that. So we're just like, well, hopefully DeAndre Torrey can get us 35 yards in this next run. So – 
as you play better teams, right, in SMU, who's not a really good team defensively, you know, you, you come up against better players, and then they're like, well, I can run with DeAndre Torrey, and I can tackle him. And then compa- comba- uh, combine, I was going to say combine and compound, uh, combine all of that with DeAndre Torrey being a little banged up. And he runs 24 times for 82 yards. But he looked like the only guy that looked like he was going to go score some touchdowns out there. That's the problem. That's a problem. Um, so now I, I turn it over to you, and you tell me what you saw out there this season. See, I I, I was uh... – the the offense the the players are are talented they're not we don't have bad players you know um burns was getting open he was shaking his guys um when he was doing out routes or in and outs and stuff like that um i saw 87 88 83 open um quarterbacks weren't seeing this or they're seeing ghosts they were throwing it in weird spots pointed oh yeah pointed we have the players, but the but the the play calling was so weird. It was not creative. You know, when the inside zone didn't work, they ran the outside zone. I didn't see any counters, any kind of end arounds or anything like that. It was just run it on the inside, run it to the outside, run it to the inside, run it to the outside. Oh, maybe do a keeper. Um and when the when the passers were coming up, there was just panic. Lots of panic in the in the quarterbacks. The guys, the receivers were doing their job. Guys were getting open, but the scheme was was off. Like I said, the, that that interception set the pace for the rest of the game, the tempo for the rest of the game. Everybody, I think, Ruder was in his head. Ani, I don't know what he was up to. Um, they were they didn't look prepared. the The defense, I think, looked great. I mean, I, I got to give them props for for keeping the at least the yardage so low. Hmm. And then being put into these situations, you just can't help it where where their UAB gets the ball in scoring position multiple times in a game. You you can't really fix that without the offense doing their job. And and I mean Latrell's got this guy hopefully this is come some kind of wake up call, some kind of, you know, hot seat um <laughs> burner turning up the temperature kind of thing for him. Uh, but I don't think he's gonna he's gonna see it like that. Um, it was uncreative, predictable, and y- you know the the reason that that UAB was scoring, even though they're not a great offensive team, the reason they were scoring is because they were using misdirection, using counters, you know, buck sweeps or or um, uh, the tight end was was open because the whole offense was going to the left and the tight end snuck around to the right, and so. When you when you get the 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 defense to take the bait, and you leave that guy open twice, at least twice, maybe three times. They they ran that play twice. They scored. That's and that's what happens. You North Texas did not do any of that, and it was so frustrating to see. Oh, inside zone. Oh, outside zone. Oh, third and eight. Um, so it's not that these guys weren't getting open. These guys weren't getting yards. It's that they were set being set up. To, to fail and we don't get first you know we don't get draft picks next year <laughs> we hmm. just get recruits yeah uh, uh just picking that up right like i i totally agree like there's 
anything that you want to say, right? Like anything you're like, well, you know, these guys got to be prepared so that way they can call the full playbook, right? Um, I just got, I've got a few DMs and texts, everybody asking questions. But one of the more interesting DMs I got was from a former member associated with the coaching staff, right? I'll just say that. And, you know, they just kind of talked about Seth Luttrell's coaching attitude. Uh, and it's like his philosophy, right? Like he, he he's not the biggest fan of coaching him hard, I guess. And I, I wrote this on the on the on the site right, in the recap that to me it doesn't matter, right? You can coach however you want because what it, what matters is results, and I, I mean that in like a qualified way, right? Like no abusing anybody, whatever, like that. Like, but if you find that that some people need negative reinforcement, like or or and some others need positive, you have to find the right mix, right? That's literally what you're paid for. Um, I mean, I know that's the case with like my own children. Some of them were like, "Hey, great job," and some of them, I, I gotta say, you know what? This is unacceptable. And those are the equal motivators to them, right? I know, like for me personally, when I was a terrible high school, you know, athlete, I appreciated more of the, "Hey, what are you doing? Come on, we need to do better than that," right? Like a, an angry, motivating coach. A lot of guys are like that. They need they need somebody to go, "Come on," and then to yell at them, right? What the hell are we doing out here? Um, so whatever it is, your job as a coach is to figure out what your guys need and then motivate them appropriately. So, you know, if you're like, well, they just don't know the play. Well, whose job is it to teach them the plays, right? If you're like, well, this guy, you know, he just didn't have his head in the game. Whose job is it to find guys, you know, to see if they're going to be, you know, have their heads in the game. It's your job or your job to find coaches that are going to do what, you know, you get what I'm saying. Um, and, you know, I was, I was kind of thinking about this with, like, uh, the, the defensive choices. I like Phil Benny. He's done a great job so far, it looks like. Um, you know, uh, I, I was thinking, so one of the more interesting things about this this particular direct message was that they are like, yeah, so after that SMU game, Troy Reffitt got his playbook limited, right? It was like, well, I saw us look kind of confused. So, so Troy, you're, you're just going to be able to only call the vanilla stuff. And that didn't really help out things too much. And, you know, I was thinking, I felt, I saw that in the season, and it was kind of cool to see, uh, get some confirmation of it. I think that, you know, there's a lot of value to saying, here's all the plays, let's go do that. Um, and then you can, you know, everybody kind of learns that way, right? Sink or swim. But there's also some value in limiting the playbook, letting them get comfortable, and then kind of doing um, the next step, right? Mixing in some, some uh, complexity later. Again, it's your job as a leader, the coach, you know, head coach, to figure out what that mix is, right? To figure out if we're being too complex or if we're too, being too simple. Um, but I think all of those are just indicators of the same kind of idea. Is I don't ever see us being prepared. I, you know, I, I joked like uh, on Twitter about this, but there's not a whole lot of times when you know the the TV announcers like, oh man. This North Texas opponent was not ready for the scheme that Seth Luttrell drew up today. You know what I mean? Like, he has them, you know, all confused. That's never the case. We always look confused. We always look simple. We never look like we thought up any, anything. Like We don't look like we look at the other team, you know? And like you were saying, UAB, they don't have the most creative offense. They're usually middle of the pack in the league. But their misdirection that they have built in, right? Hey, play, you know, we're going to run. We all know they're going to run, so we're lining up to defend their run. And then they they say, you know what? Let's fake like we're going to run. 
and then throw the ball. Right? We know that as a play action pass, but that's how we're reading it as the North Texas defense. They go, hey, man, they were they faked like they were going to run it. And then that guy was running for a pass. Can you believe that? Was that allowed? Can you do that? So we're not even doing any of that. Like, where's our misdirection? Where's some of the clever stuff, like you said, to just create, you know, some open stuff for our guys? Uh, I don't see it. And, you know, that's frustrating, endlessly frustrating. I think it, it was, I was reminded of that again when it was like, hey, short yardage, let's get our speed back. Right, DeAndre Torrey, who's on a hobbled leg, and you know what? Let's uh, yeah, sure we'll pull a couple linemen, but let's run them at the strength of this UAD UAB defense. You know, this line who's been kicking our ass all game nearly broke our quarterback in half. Let's see if we can push him over, and then slip our guy in for four yards. What do you say, gang? Let's try that play, uh, and no go. Right, and you know, it's, you know, it's, that's been true for a long time for the uh, UAB Blazers. They've had a really good defensive line. When we had Mason Fine and we were a dangerous team, we went over there and we tried the same damn thing. And it didn't work then. And we had a bigger back at the time. I think it might have been a Trey Siggers uh, situation. Um, didn't work then. I was frustrated then. And the plays that would work, I feel like we never did them. Like, why don't we try to throw the ball to the untackleable Jalen Darden uh, coach? And then, you know, th- that ended up being a, a play that, you know, Jalen Darden scored a lot of touchdowns on. But for whatever reason, we didn't try it then. Who is the Jalen Darden on our team now? I don't know. But we need an alternative to pounding it directly into the line. And if we're going to say, well, that's what we want to do, then we need to do a better job of recruiting, practicing, executing said thing. Because it's, it's great to want to do something. But in the middle of the game, Against an opponent, um, you got to make sure it's going to happen, right? I can want to try to dunk on LeBron James all I want, uh, but I got to accept reality at a certain point, right? And say, you know what? Maybe, maybe I need to try a different. Maybe I need to pass the ball, right? I don't know. Um, I'm looking right here. We're looking at the plays that we had. One pass play of 18 yards. That was a DeAndre Tory, uh, Deontay Simpson. I'm sorry. Three plays of 10 yards or more. Rushing the ball. One was Ani on a keeper. One was DeAndre Torrey getting some space. One was Ragsdale late in the third quarter. This was after we're already down 33 nothing. You know? Compare that with old friends UAB. I got to scroll. You know, you see this? I'm looking at the screen right now. I got to scroll through to see all their big plays. Uh, six passing plays of 15 yards or more. And this was like their entire passing offense. 223 yards. 42 yards to, to Dylan Hopkins. Uh, for that, uh, for Dylan Hopkins to Prince for a touchdown, 61 yards to Prince, 38 yards to uh, Shropshire when he just dropped it over the top, uh, 17 yards to um, Pittman, uh, 33 yards to Prince again, and then uh, Tyler Johnson at the end just you know uh, padding the stats a little bit, and then they had five five big plays uh, rushing, uh, yeah, of 10 yards or more. Sorry, I'm misspeaking over here. My point is. A mediocre team, mid-level team in Conference USA, year in, year out, UAB, uh, had 11 plays, 11 explosives. Uh, And, you know, North Texas, consistently one of the top offenses in the league, four plays. Credit, UAB, they're tough. They have a a killer defensive line. But, uh, you know, I don't know that we did everything we could do. And that means from the staff, that's Seth Luttrell, that's Mike 
uh, Bloch, that's Jace Reuter, that's Austin Ani, and everyone, and so on and so forth. I don't know that everyone performed at the level that we want them to, that we, in some cases, expect them to. And all the weaknesses that North Texas has had up to this point, right? Attention to detail, game planning, um, you know, creative play calling. They were extra weak in this one. They, you know, they were uh, glaring in this case because the strengths that we usually have, talent, um, I just just say talent. <laughs> That's basically it, right? It's a lot of like, here, DeAndre Torrey, go make a play. Uh, here, Jeff Wilson, go make a play. Uh, Jalen Guyton, go make a play. You know, that kind of thing where we could just give it to a guy and say, please, please help me, you know. We didn't have that today because we had injuries, this, that, and the other. So it's like, okay, well, if we don't have scheme, do we have an offense we can execute? No, it does not look like that. Does not look like I mean, yeah, we could execute what we wanted to do. I mean, if you had Terrell Owens and if you had AJ Green and if you had you know in their prime uh, Odell Beckham Jr., but you don't have the scheme, you can't get it to him. It, it doesn't matter. It does know? not matter. I mean, sure, we've got Oscar Attaway hurt. We've got uh, Isaiah Johnson got hobbled. Um, uh, what's his name? Jair Shorter got hurt and Bush is out for a long, long time. I mean, Deontay Simpson is is burning guys. Uh, yeah. You saw it in that that play. Uh, Roderick uh, Burns is is getting open. Um, so it's not like there's a there's not that much depth because you, you you start to run out of guys when so many are hurt. But but there's still enough to get the ball moving. You don't uh, even if you have an average talented offense, the quarterback's got to do something. And he wasn't seeing it. Or he wasn't being given plays that he was comfortable with. He was going progressing through his reads properly, if at all. And then again, like you were saying, if you're giving it off to your hobbled um, um, quarterback, I mean, excuse me, your hobbled running back, DeAndre Torrey, uh, expecting him to, or not even expecting, hoping. <laughs> I think I said that in the in the Slack is, you're handing it off to him, hoping he's he gets a hole. Twenty four times. <laughs> and he never gets that hole. Then what's your what's your offense really? Yeah, and I know a couple guys that are asking. They're like, "Why are we always diving into line?" I like so we have we've sort of adopted like a a, a browsy you know browse at Baylor kind of offense where it's a lot of power runs up the middle. We kind of you know pull our linemen a lot, a little isos here, a lot of inside and outside zone like you were talking about. Getting people to step up, they say we're going to run the ball and we will run it well, and then we will go vertical on the outside. Right, that's why there's a lot of you know vertical go routes to uh, shorter to to Simpson um, to uh, you know everybody that that's there, and a lot of run pass option. Right, but if the run, like if your jab is not a threat, then you know the right cross is you know the the right cross isn't going to do anything. Right, it's you're exactly, just going to see it coming. You know. Your your, and you can see it develop throughout the throughout the quarters or the through the drives as you you, you try to spread them out, make them go sideline to sideline, and it's not working great. <laughs> you're you're not doing your job there. So when you do try to go vertically, there's nothing there, or at least the the quarterback doesn't see it, and so dumps it off or gets sacked or runs it for a yard and and, and gets hit. So it's that was a big frustrating thing and. You know, at the beginning of the game, uh, the crowd where we were sitting with were, were excited. Uh, but as soon as that interception happened, uh, <laughs> it got quieted down. And after that, 
there was just no energy there from the crowd. You didn't see the energy from from the offense, and and so there was just a whole lot of. It felt like like both the the crowd and the the team had had given up. And and I don't. I just don't understand. I've never seen them play that bad since McNulty years. <laughs> I, I think there are there are a lot of ways to motivate a, you know a team, but I think so. It either is like self motivated, right? Like they're just they're excited to play, so they just want to play. Um, but it's also something like being put in it, like knowing that you can go succeed. You're like, man, I believe in this game plan. I believe in my coaches. I believe in my teammates. And so you just have a belief, and that gets you excited to do it, right? And then you know, there's the other stuff like what, what reacting to the game that's happening. A lot of those are. Like I said, some aspect of coaching going on, and I don't know that we're doing that. Like, do we go out there excited about the game plan? Well, given the fact that everybody looks like they don't know what the play was, um, no, it's hard to it's hard to be that way. You know what I mean? Like, you can see teams that like we believe in what we're doing, and we know that if we execute it, we'll give ourselves a chance, right? Like, you can see that in some teams, and. I don't know that I see that out here. Like, there's a lot of like, well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, that's we could run that play, I guess. Right? That you don't need. Uh, sure, I guess we'll try to run it. It's like, who believes in this play? It seems like the only guy that believes in it is Bloch, right? Like, all right, let's let's <laughs> let's dive into the line. Everybody's like, really? Okay. And, I mean, I'll do it, but I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be sorry in the and morning. I think that's something we've we've said about about Latrell. Uh, for the past five or six years is that you, you, he has never looked like somebody that has out-schemed another team, nope. you know. And with Graham Harrell, he he scripted the, what, the first two drives, I think, he would script. And so that, that at least gives you some kind of indication that he knew how to attack it and he knew what was coming uh, defensively from the other team. But now it's just like, well, it's, it's like backyard football. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, my my kid, my my brand new son was looking at me. So that's some say it's kind of hard to kind of get too too upset. That's why we like doing this podcast the day after, so I'm not raging in the middle of the night. Like, oh, I can't believe it! You know, I can drink some coffee. I'm having a waffle right now. It's delicious. My you know, my children are waking up, like, and they're all like, "Hey, daddy, how's it going?" It's hard to be extra angry when that's happening. But similarly, like I believed, I could see it. I could see it happening, um, like a, a win by us yesterday, because I was like, look, they just got whooped, right? UAB just got whooped. And what happens if we punch them in the mouth? And they're just like, man, you know what? Maybe we're not as good. Maybe they don't believe. And all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. You could see the slide happening. You can see it happening to us right now. Um, but, you know, I was like, we played well. The defense played well. They carried that momentum. And we were right there, right? We got to stop. You can see the defense like, look, it wasn't a fluke. We whooped up on SMU for three quarters. Let's do it right now against a conference opponent. You know, I think Michael Sanders was saying something like that this week. He's like, like it's good we playing, we're playing UAB because we get to see where we stand. They're the defending champs. It's a great opportunity. So they were hyped, ready to go. They get a stop. And so then we're like, okay, our offense time. If, imagine if we drove down and scored a touchdown. Everybody would be feeling good, right? The crowd would be rocking. You're like we're we're here. We kind of went through a weird a weird spot, but we're ready to go. We're ready to play. Whatever the case is, but then that first play, an interception, like almost unforced, and everybody had the same feeling. Like we're gonna be here. It's gonna be a long day. 
if we can't get a stop and then, you know, move the ball, right? Even go three and out, geez, don't just throw an interception on the first play, geez. Um, and then, you know, so UAB capitalizes and scores a touchdown. Like, immediately we're down seven. It just changes the nature of the game. And, like, <laughs> our path to victory was based on, like, attitude, right, and belief. And all of that was gone after, definitely after a quarter, but, you know, after a couple plays. After a couple of minutes, I think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, th- there's lots of things. You point to, point at anybody, and I, I, I can find a way to blame Le- Seth Luttrell <laughs> about it. Like, man, <laughs> yeah. man, Austin, honestly, seeing ghosts, like, well, who's coaching them, right? The, the, yeah. the genius? I mean, it, it was the weirdest game I have watched in a long, long time, because you don't, you haven't seen this lack of preparation. Uh, you know, I was joking last week that we should let the players coach themselves. Kind of was it <laughs> Miami that, that did that? <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think that's what they did. <laughs> I think that's exactly what they did. So it's um, sorry, I, I it's ate, unfortunate to see. I ate a waffle. I ate a side. It was looking at me, looking real tasty. So I had to eat it. Yeah, I didn't see that, so I was watching him chewing. I was like, "What is he?" Oh, okay, I gotta jump in and, and just ad lib something. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I, w- I I know I knew that UAB isn't as good as we showed them to be last night, and I, and I was thinking, okay, well, we have a chance to to keep it even. Our defense has been working really well. Uh, their offense is not that great, so maybe we can we can uh, we can make some noise. Obviously, we didn't make that happen. Hopefully. Uh, uh, I don't even remember who we played next week. <laughs> I was like, who cares? Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's either Tech or Missouri, and neither one like bodes well for us right now. I I, I forget what exactly who's going to be. Yeah, I think La Tech, without seeing a single uh, uh, rep from La Tech, I, I would say that they're a better team than UAB. So yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I I think Louisiana Tech has more explosive dudes on the team. Like, like uh, a lot of people know I do Conference USA report too, right? So I watch a lot of the Conference USA. And, I, I, again, I watched a lot of Conference USA anyway because I wanted to be informed about North Texas opponents. And I found myself with a lot of hot sports opinions about Conference USA. So I was like, well, let me just put them over here. Anyway, that was supposed to be with a few other guys, but everybody, uh, like people do, they kind of backed out of it because they're lame. And so it was just going to be me. But um, – so I watched a lot of Louisiana Tech. My, I haven't gone through the power rankings yet, but I think it's UAB one. You got to rank them number one because they won forty to six, right? They they have a conference win, and then Louisiana Tech just because they, you know, they played a Mississippi State, competed, um, and they're not necessarily better, but they you know they have talent, and then they've played a uh, you know an SMU, an AAC team, right? Again, I don't think very highly of of SMU. But, you know, they, they had them beat all the way to the end. And so if the worst thing you say about Louisiana Tech is that they played to their opponents, well, that means they're going to be in the game against UAB, right? I mean, there's going to be, like, a lot of weird stuff happening, but they have the capability of being in that in that thing. Um, I don't think that anybody in Conference USA is head and, sh- head and shoulders better than anybody else, right? We saw the champion, UAB, nearly get beat by Rice, and then, you know, they did beat Marshall at Marshall in the in the championship game, but Marshall nearly came back, and Marshall was also shooting themselves in the foot a lot. So, you know, there there's a lot of stuff. For, uh, for any new for listeners, 
any new listeners, Adam's actually a LaTeX fan. <laughs> has been for a long time. I feel like uh, um, I know I'm doing a good job on Conference USA Report because I've been accused of being a fan of every other team, like just every <laughs> team. Um, like some people, like people find out, quote, like it's a secret that I'm, a, you know, a North Texas alum and I write Mean Green Nation. But people would say, oh, you're just a tech fan or, oh, you're just a UAB homer or I can't believe you love Charlotte this much. <laughs> like um, not, none of those things are true. Uh, but I tried to just, you know, like give an objective opinion. Anyway, I mean, we from from back to a North Texas perspective, yeah. we have a lot of components in place. Sure, we have like a lot of inexperience, like at the receiver position, the quarterback position. But we had a lot of other components in place with with senior position, uh, veteran positions that that we should be better than what we are currently, and. You know, I was thinking 2022, 2023, we might be awesome, really, really awesome. But at this point, we should at least be competitive. Yeah. And I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I said this before, is that, like, I think the rough grading rubric, right? And there's room for adjustment based on the context and the situation. But it's like, you should peak, right? You should you should cycle. And it, it should be rebuild, improving, right there competing or getting close to compete and then by year four either like rebuilding from that one because you competed so hard that everybody left and went somewhere else or you know they've come back and they're ready to to really do it their senior year and so every three to four years you should kind of enter this cycle right it's like compete and then kind of rebuild retool you know get better compete again and then whatever like that those are the expectations and now Louisiana Tech Skip Holtz, they, they kind of never fall off or like in that little bit, they're just, you know, the, the peaks are not as high, the valleys are not as low, but they're always in that conversation, which I think is solid. Um, we, we competed, right? We had a little bit of that. We, I think we, it was like year two, was it 2017, right? We got to the title game a little too early. We were not quite ready. We didn't have a full, I don't know, the compliment of everybody. But you have to take the opportunity while you're there. That's what I was saying. It's like you don't know that you're going to be better next season. There could be injuries. could be, you know, guys falling off. Like, I don't think Guyton was as good the year after as he was that particular year. And, you know, whatever the case is, you just got to take the opportunity in front of you. We peaked a little early, and then we got – we were really good. It was at 2018. Uh, but, you know, they just didn't – like, didn't have the luck, right? I think that's the season they they only trailed for like four minutes all season or something like that. Um, you know, we had like uh, what is it the 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 missed field goal or blocked field goal against Louisiana Tech, the comeback win by UAB at UAB. That's when like Charlotte came back. Like just three losses that were more about as an inattention to detail maybe, and then a little bad luck. But that team was good. There was just a lot of good on that team. And yeah, I have that that blocked uh, field goal on my phone, and whenever whenever I need to humble myself, I pull it up so I can hear the slap of that football being yeah. hit. It's like, ugh. yeah. So, what am I getting at? Right, is that all that followed the normal cycle, and then rebuilding time. I think Mason Fine came back, and we switched up the offense. And my contention is that this offense has been 
kind of it's difficult. I don't think you could see Mason Fine struggling with them, and everybody's like, "Well, Jair Shorter's gonna be good." Um, you know, I think uh, what was that other dude? He had like two names. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, but he was like a preacher or something like that. But you know, he he was supposed to be a speedster, and then you know they were trying him out as wide receiver, and he didn't quite do the things that we needed him to do. It was basically Darden. It was the year we went to Cal because I know Jalen Darden scored a seventy-five yard touchdown. Like basically, you could see that they would be good if they knew what they were doing, but there was a lot of Mason Fine. Like, no, you're supposed to be here, or you got to make this catch. It was just a lot of like incomplete thing, and that was kind of that rebuild, retool kind of season. Mason Fine's gone. That's definitely a rebuild year, and we had the dual quarterback thing. I was expecting something like an incomplete offense, right? Because hey, we we don't. We don't know what we have. We don't have the consistency. We don't have a guy that's seen it and done it all. Um, and I expected the defense to carry the offense. Um, and it was the opposite. The defense was just complete crap. And that's where I was like, "What? what's happening here? What, who are we blaming? That has to be the coach, right? Because I think it's all kind of ties together. I felt like the whatever the failings were of the defense in, in 18, right, the last Mason Fine year where they were – they were kind of making some mistakes, whatever, the last ref of the year. I felt like you could see the quality coming, right? The Davis kids, they were going to be good, right? They were making the mistakes that Brandon Garner and EJ Ajia made the year before they became good. Like, they were they were almost in the right position. They were overthinking. They were just a little bit whatever. But I felt like that's good because once they get it, their, their experience, right? It's all going to pay off the next season. You have to have them make the mistakes now so they can be good later. And, you know, I don't think it paid off because we switched the system and, um, I don't know, Clint Bowen, I, I still see praises for Clint Bowen. It's crazy. Uh, where, you know, I, I don't know. Was it motivation? He didn't teach him right. Whatever the case may be, I thought experienced guys looked inexperienced and yet point in the secondary or whatever. That that happens, but, you know, it was to an extreme extent. This year, you can see them getting better because you have super seniors and stuff like that. But the the offense has regressed. Like, what happened there? We had an Ani, Austin Ani, who was our best-throwing quarterback last year. He looks, yeah, he yeah, looks I mean, awful he, out there. While while he might not be a, a an accurate quarterback, he was at least putting up stats. He looked like a gunslinger. He looked exciting. The whole offense was exciting. And now he just doesn't look like he's ever played football before. I mean, I don't know. And, and again, I, I'm going to continue to chalk it up as it being a weird game, and we'll see a different kind of quarterback situation next week where <laughs> either quarterback will look better. But he just – neither of them looked like they knew what was going on. Yeah, I think – um and everybody was saying, uh, I think someone like, well, how did we get into this situation again? Why do we let Jason Bean go? Now he's thriving at Kansas. He's not thriving at Kansas. I think he's throwing, he's completing 54% of his passes there. He completed 58 here. He, his most dynamic aspect is that his ability to run. He's still a dangerous runner. He did add that, that aspect to our squad, like against Middle Tennessee, where he ran for like a uh, hundred yards and a couple scores. But that's kind of it. Like, when Jason Bean was in there and guys were not running wide open, then, you know, the pass game was a little bit limited. Uh, when Ani's in there, it was a little bit better, but a lot of overthrows, a lot of missed throws, 
and then we don't have a home run hitter from the quarterback position, like running the ball. With these two guys, Reuter has some arm talent. You can see that here and there. Um, I don't know that he's seeing the field well. Austinani, I guess he was not seeing the field well. I don't know what's happening there, but we don't even have as good of an on as we had last season. All that wraps up to 14-34 for 99 yards. You know, one touchdown, one interception. That would be a great stat line in, like, 1976 or something like that, you know? They had different standards back then. They also let you smoke in front of, like, infants back then, so maybe they didn't have all the best ideas. Um, it's bad. That, that's where I can leave it. I don't. I can't look at the rest of the league and say, oh, yeah, we can beat that team because we don't have a full team, you know, like whether it's through injuries or whatever. This offense is not is not good right now. I don't see how it can get good very soon without dramatic improvement from Jace Reuter, Austin Ani, Casey Martin. I don't know, anybody on this squad that, you know, Somebody needs to step up and make some plays, uh, and it all needs to be tighter and more consistent. Like, all right, yeah, you're not you're I, not beating a guy deep every time. Fine, but when we throw a five yard out, you got to make the catch, right? And then you got to like we need to be able to dink and dunk. And then what I want to say is like you know what we just we can't find that final play. We can drive you know forty yards down the field, but we just can't whatever. But at least you get in scoring position. We can get the kicker out there and let him try something. You know because. <laughs> I know I'm talking over you. That first touchdown, that was the game winner. That was it. That's all they needed. You know, Jace Reuter throws an interception. They score a touchdown off it. It was 7 nothing. Those were the winning points. It was over after that. We could only manage six. Um, <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to score a single more point to win the game. No. Yeah, you're right. It was all gravy. Everything after that. They could have stopped scoring. It could have just... You know, uh, got uh, just putting the ball away uh, after that because that was it. I was making those jokes about that. Like, man, the defense playing well, but uh, unfortunately that means we got to give it back to the offense. And that's our, our weakest link. Last week the snapper was throwing it up into the sky, you know, doing snapping fractions. What are we doing? This week uh, quarterback just throwing it to ghosts. Terrible. All right, so you were yeah, going to say some things. I'm, I've forgotten what I was going to say originally, but uh, yeah, I want to emphasize that the score being 40 to six is not a representation of how the defense did, but it's a representation of how uh, poorly the, the, the offense did. And I'm curious to see if, if your stats have the, um, the uh, time of possession. Yeah, it's right here where it says time of possession. You see that? Okay, there's a lot of words on there. <laughs> so 32 minutes versus 28 minutes. So that's that's incredibly surprising. I was I was thinking that that UAB had it for like 40 minutes and we only had it for 20. But it's uh, uh, the difference there is that they were able to get those big plays and we we were just running it into the line. Um, I don't think um, at the quarterback position. That's what I was going to say at the quarterback position. Position. Um, Ani and Ruder are are not do not they don't lack talent. Uh, I think I think it's just a matter of of preparation and scheme. If if they were a little bit more prepared, uh, if they were put in a position to succeed and not fail, I think things would have been a little bit better. And and I and that's where I stand. I think I think they're still good quarterbacks. I mean they they may not be the Mason Fine level of of world beaters, but they can at least 
put up average stats. And but I don't know, I don't know what the offense, what Latrell and and Bloch needs to do to get them to that point. Yeah, I mean, look. So we had more plays in there. We had seventy eight plays, but we we're only putting up two point eight yards uh, per play. Um, and we even five seventeen on third downs is not good, but I mean, we got five third down conversions. Uh, yeah, like uh, to again take off some of your points uh, from some of your points that you made about UAB uh, scheme to get their guys open, right? Like th- that's kind of, again what I'm talking about. If you have talent, you can make your talent better by getting them wide open. Let's get if you have a great shooter, let's get him wide open shots, right? Can we find ways to get him wide open for three? I mean, sure, we can say, you know what? See if you can create your own shot against your best defender and everybody's looking at you, right? I'm talking about basketball here. But that's very difficult. And maybe they can do that, but that's not as good as if, if you say, you know what? Uh, let's, let's let's give him wide open looks. Like, you look at like a great shooter like Ray Allen, right? He played in Seattle, and then he had to kind of create his own shot. He was like the one-man dude. Um well, his three-point percentage went up, and he got a lot of great looks playing with like at Boston and with Miami. He's a great shooter. Now he's wide-ass open. Let's do that for our guys, right? If Deontay Simpson is good, and we think he is, let's scheme up something to get him wide-ass open. So that way it makes his <laughs> life easier, right? If he catches it wide open, then he can show some of his uh, run-after-catch skills. Um, like get Jerry Rice was a, a Hall of Fame receiver. He had Hall of Fame talent. Uh, you know, he'd, he'd outwork anybody. But one thing that made him great was that, uh, you know, Bill Walsh um, would <laughs> scheme up some things to get him wide open. You know what I mean? Like, hey, let's let's make him wide open and then see how many touchdowns he catches. Um, same thing like Emmett Smith way back in the day. Uh, everybody was like, man, well, you know, Barry Sanders – you know, had those wide open lanes, he'd be running for that. Yeah, he would have. Like so bad on the Detroit Lions staff at the offensive line, they should have created some open holes for him. If we had Barry Sanders running through those gigantic, you know, freeway lanes, um, that the Cowboys were opening up for Emmett Smith, he would have ran for three thousand yards a season. You know, make your instead of their their plan was like, we'll just throw it to Barry Sanders and kind of just see what happens. Um Barry Sanders turned that into good stuff, but they didn't win any games, right? Make your better, best players better by giving them opportunities to succeed. Put them in positions to succeed. And I don't know that we're doing that, right? Like, again, Garrett Prince, maybe he has a little speed on him, but all three of his catches, he caught them with nobody even looking at him, right? Like, not even the camera. The camera was like, what, somebody's open? Nobody was looking at the guy. He was wide open. All our guys are having to beat somebody that's right on them and it's not always because wow they didn't beat their man off the line it's also because they know what's coming they're like oh north texas it's third and eight they're gonna run this play so i'm just gonna be there already waiting for the receiver to catch up to me in this spot so you know like what are we doing there's not a whole lot there and you can point to a couple individual poor plays by some a couple of our wide receivers like deep in the depth chart and one guy kind of got too wide and he got forced out. There's nowhere to throw the ball. Cool. That happens every game. Somebody makes a bad route. It's an overall kind of thing, right? Like, again, why are we saying, you know what? The only way we're going to get out of this jam is if our freshman wide receiver beats their star cornerback, right? Like, why are we putting, why are we, why are we make it come all the way down to that situation? Why are we not scheming up a little screen pass for DeAndre Torrey to catch it 
calmly turn up the field and get some yards with some blockers in front of him. Why don't we ever screen for DeAndre Torrey? Uh, I don't know. Is it too hard? Did we not have enough time? You know, what what was happening? I don't know. Um, why are we not throwing a little screen, a little dink and dunk? Let Well, dink and dunk it to De- DeAndre Torrey. If we think that he can outrun, then let's – we eliminate the possibility of Asanani overthrowing him if we say – Let's throw a little swing pass out here to DeAndre Torrey, uh, to Deontay Simpson, and let's see him go run after catch, right? Let's get the ball in space to our playmakers and let him make a play. Quick, now. I mean, when we first tried to create, uh, it wasn't a screen pass or a swing pass or anything, but but you had the tight end and you had DeAndre Torrey right there, right in front of you. Reuter threw it for an interception. So maybe <laughs> maybe they decided, you know what, maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's something that needs to happen. Screen passes, like maybe, maybe when when oh, what, what was the old um, offensive coordinator Brody? Yeah. Uh, when he was screen pass lover, and maybe that just turned Latrell off from all the screen passes <laughs> that he decided. You know what? Never again. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, when you're trying to spread out the defense horizontally. And you don't try that. I, I don't know what to tell you. There's no, there wasn't. I mean, the the other stuff wasn't working. It was my point. The other stuff wasn't working. So why not try a screen pass? If you can't get it past the line of scrimmage, then try it behind the line of scrimmage and see what happens. Because you're you're trying to run it inefficiently anyway. Well, let's try something else. Yeah, I mean that that was what again UAB did. Like they tried. They said we're going to line up and run at them, and North Texas stopped them. We did a good job doing that. And so then they said, hey, look, um, they're cheating this way. What if we catch him and then hit him with a little, little misdirection? A constraint play, right? Let's keep him honest by finding our tight end in the, in the whatever the flat. Some of the problem was that UAB's defensive line was just eating up our dudes. There's no answer for getting your ass kicked just straight up, right? I mean, there's, there's not much you can do when you're like, well, they didn't really cover so well. The defensive line just knocked over my lineman and walked back here and then, and then you know, broke me in half, right? Uh, did a bane on the quarterback, right? Uh, there's not much you have there, but you can try something else. And there's lots of tools in the toolbox. And like I said, that that's the game. That's the there's no perfect solution for it, but you give yourself a chance. And that I think that's what we're arguing here. Not like, um, hey, it, we should have got perfect results, but I don't know that our staff and is putting our guys in the best position to compete. Like again, that's that's it. Right. Like, let's come up with a plan that has some soundness to it. And like, it seems like we thought through this whole thing. It's like, look, UAB strong. They have a strong defensive line. Let's not run out. You know, the Cowboys, the awful Cowboys who suck and hurt my heart every season. They did a good job against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They said, you know what? Let's not run right at their really good defensive line. Let's get the ball out of Dak's hands now, quick, fast, and let's see what happens. Right. They did a good job of that, and a lot of that is because Dak Prescott is a really good quarterback. Um, but you could see that they had a plan. They wanted to take away the strength of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, which is their defensive line. Um, so where's that philosophy there? It seemed like we're just like, no, we're gonna, we're our strength is better than your strength, and that's fine. You, if you want to go up and say that and say, you know what, we believe in what we do. But, I mean, at least spend 30% of your time to say, you know what, this is just in case, you know, plan A <laughs> falls to pieces. 
let's get a little plan B here, right? Just something else just in case because it is very possible, yeah, yeah that, you know, plan A is going to fall flat in its face. Something. Yeah, I mean, after – and I guess I'm saying the same thing over and over again. But, yeah, it's it's after one quarter of it not, not working, after two quarters of it not working, maybe – you know, take that halftime to to make some adjustments and say, well, we're not winning at this point. Uh, let's try something else and, and see what happens in the third quarter. But they didn't. They didn't do any of that. There was no adjustments, which, you know, I have have commended Latrell in the past for, for making those adjustments, but there was none of that yesterday. Yeah, I mean... I- and that's what's frustrating about it, right? It's like uh, I remember, like the UTSA game, the one that uh, Mason Fry led led on that comeback. Um, you could see the was it DeMar- Davenport, whatever the guy that went to the NFL, right? The defensive lineman, like he was killing us, and so that that changed the way. Like we were killing them on the outside, but we didn't have any time because they were moving them around, and so we we basically had to account for him and whoever he was in front of was getting killed. And so then, therefore, Mason Fine was getting killed. So we said, all right, let's change up the game. Let's bring in a guy. Let's, you know, have a tight end, an H-back, somebody chip him. Uh, that wasn't quite working. Uh, but you can see that little game plan working, right? Like like there was a little chess match. Um, it very well could be. I wasn't watching it very closely. I don't know. right? It could be that I just didn't see it. I will, I will give that caveat there. But I, I agree with you that there was not a whole lot there. I'm like, well... I can see the North Texas going for A, and based on what they're seeing now, they're trying B, C, and D. There was just a lot of, uh, it was the same stuff over and over again. Um, and it could be, like I said, we didn't know about something like, well, you know, Jace couldn't run, Austin Ani couldn't run, we had to throw out 40% of our playbook. I don't know, whatever the case is. Uh, it didn't look good out there. And if it, like, again, if it's really down to the receiver's, just we need our star receivers to be out there. Well, that is concerning, again, for the same reason. Like, we need to have something else. Uh, and if you're like, well, we just spent a lot of offseason, you know, spending time teaching them these plays. I'm like, well, maybe that was, there's your problem. You put all your all your eggs in one basket. And now we're paying the price, right? Somebody stole the basket. So so I want to end it with something positive. Um 97 is Dion Noble, right? Yeah. Yes. And he was he was lining up on the outside shoulder of the center, and he was getting so much penetration. He was doing so great. Uh, he looked awesome. He looked like a like a beast mm-hmm. um, at the line of scrimmage. So I want to give a big shout out to him. He was looking so awesome out there. And um, and uh, I I think is he senior? Uh, yeah, I think, I think he's, he's gonna, a super gonna, senior. So he's going to probably got to get a lot of looks in the NFL because he was just uh, beating up guys. Sure, he didn't get a penetration 100% of the time, but he was one of the key reasons why the run game wasn't as effective for UAB as, as they're used to. So I want to give a big shout-out to him. Yeah, the stats say he had three solo tackles, uh, a tackle for loss, and a QB hurry. Uh, but that's the nature of, of uh, like, there's no there's not a lot of numbers for defensive linemen. And like you know, a guy getting penetration, blowing up a play, and then they got forcing a cutback. You know, nobody says, "Well, one forced comeback, cutback." Right? You don't get stats like that. So you just got to watch him play. Uh, I thought Katie Davis played well. I thought you know, just looking at all the dudes that that played, I don't remember a whole lot of mistakes from everybody. 
I think if you go out and play and you compete, mistakes happen, and you know whatever. Uh, I think overall everybody kept competing the whole time, and I, I think that's the nature of defense. Some of it is uh just being aggressive. Aggress- I was going to say ag- uh, aggression and being aggressive, aggressive. Uh, yeah. So like like they kept playing, they kept tackling, they wanted to tackle, they're trying to take on blocks, trying to get off blocks, and as I'm saying, it's is if the efforts there. And like the effort to have good technique, the effort to be in the right spot, the effort to try to make the right play, and then the effort to go make a play, right? You see a lot of guys like, oh, I got blocked. Uh, guys are like trying to get off those blocks, go make a play, but in a smart way, right? I shed my block, but I'm trying to come at it in the right angle and not overplay, uh, allowing a, a bigger comeback. You saw some of that. Some guys got, you know, blocked into the wrong lane, this, that, and the other. But like I said, that's the nature of competing. You want you guys to compete. And I thought they they did that. They competed, and that's all we could ask of them, um, you know. And just to to sum it up again, I don't know that the offense was competing, not in the same way. It didn't look like, yeah. It didn't look in, in scheme wise, preparation wise, whatever the case is. It did not look like we were ready, as ready to play as they were uh, overall. And uh, bulk of that is on the coaches. And it's not like a week-to-week thing. That's a year-long program building kind of attention to detail kind of things. Are we paying attention? And you, there's only so many times I can watch Seth Trail shake his head and be like, oh, what are these guys doing out there? Because, again, you chose his guys. This is year, what, six of the program? You know what I mean? There's no guys left over from, you know, Dan McCarney out there, you know? These are all your guys. You chose them. You recruited them. You coached them. Um, you coached, you, you chose the guys that are coaching them. Right, you chose the staff that are supporting them. This is all you now. So if somebody's not living up to the to the job, yeah, it's you. You gotta look in the mirror and say, "Well, it's yeah, it's my bad." And then what are the next steps? Do you need support? Do you, you like? I have a weakness in that. I don't know what good football looks like. I don't know whatever the case is. Right, you gotta figure out. Can somebody help me out and show me what good football? What's a good weekly preparation? That, that kind of stuff needs to happen. I don't know that we're, yeah, we have that right he now. He needs to get a, a veteran guy in there, um, like he did with, with Phil Bennett. Uh, and I, that was the goal with, with last year's oh, – I keep forgetting his name. Clint who cares? Bowen. Um, that guy. <laughs> uh, he needs that he, – he needs to get – I think it's kind of ego. Like, I can, I, can, I can do the offensive coordination – uh, co- coordination of of the offense, um, but no, I think he needs to get an offensive, o- um, a veteran OC in there that that can take the reins and and he can do head coach stuff, so he can focus on it and do head coach stuff because it's not a hundred percent right now and it hasn't been ever. So if he gets a, a veteran OC in there, I think that would help out a lot and alleviate a lot of these issues that we're seeing. Yeah, and I'll say that I agree with what you what you're saying. Like generally, basically, you have to make something happen and i don't know that we know what it is right like urban meyer famously is a micromanager and he's won a couple national championships he's won everywhere he's been you know so you can't say that's necessarily bad um like nick saban is like uh, a ridiculously uh detail focused process focused kind of guy and you know he's hired and fired lots of guys he hired lane kiffin right because he, he recognized that uh you know he had talent and even though they didn't quite mesh up right he didn't they, they're not really going to be a couple guys are going to hang out or have the share the same kind of world view or even like uh um uh, approach to media communications uh 
But I, I think that what you see is a lot of uh you see you see that Nick Saban understands football, he understands what his team needs and then he knows that he can correct for it, right? He has like a broader view of everything. And he has coached the defense. He's a defensive coach, but he has turned it over to some really good coaches, and um, they've been successful. So, what? There's lots of ways to achieve it, right? Obviously, Nick Saban is the most successful in modern history, but like, uh, um, like Dabo Swinney, he's not doing a terrible job even over there. You know what I mean? There's lots of ways to succeed, and we don't even need national championship level, whatever. Um, we need Conference USA championship level, and we're not getting it right now. Like Bill Clark has a terrible offense, but a great defense, and they went all in on whatever they have, and they believe in it, and they execute, right? They look, I don't say they always look ready to play because they commit a lot of penalties. Like I think a lot of UAB fans are always complaining about that. Whatever the case is, you don't have to be perfect is what I'm getting at. Um, but you got to be competitive, and right now it's not looking like that. Something needs to be fixed, and hopefully it's a small thing. Something that can be fixed in a couple weeks because then this whole season's down the drain. I'm looking at maybe a win, maybe, uh, against F- FBS quality opponents. I don't know where that comes, and I'm not super excited about going through another season of, you know, well, hopefully maybe we can just beat UTSA and I'll kind of make it better, you know, like, but we're going to, we're going to have two wins on the air. Like, I don't really want that kind of deal. I'm not excited about it. I'm not excited about writing about it. I'm not excited about podcasting about it. I've done a lot of those. I mean, I will, but, you know, we've been doing this. Like you and I have been doing this show for a couple of years now, but the Mean Green Nation podcast is old, and there's a lot of bad game recaps. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think when we allowed 70, the 70th point, that was pretty terrible. You know what I mean? Like just, I don't want to do that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of sadness involved with being a North Texas football fan, and we're tired of being sad. When, especially because we've gotten a taste of of what it could be. Yeah. Um, just a, a note, you know, again from non diehards, my uncle, who's not a big college football watch, I usually have to send him like the North Texas game, um, a schedule or whatever. Uh, he was like, he was watching because it was on stadium. Uh, again, another reason to put these games on the widest available, you know, medium, uh, media. Um, anyway, uh, he was like, yeah, UNT looks scared. Um, and he also made a, uh, uh, off color joke about UTSA. So I can't hate him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he said UNT looks scared. He doesn't watch UNT. So there you go. We look scared out there in case anybody's wondering. And if you're like, no, we're not scared. And actually, if you look closer and if you're a real fan, it doesn't matter. Right. Because like, that's part of the thing is like the brand reputation is that UNT looks scared. And if you're like, no, no, we actually as we were getting beat 40 to six. Right. Uh, we were not very scared. Nobody cares. You got you got your ass handed to you. Uh, I'm glad that I wasn't in the booth because there was a very real chance. Well, maybe not because I wouldn't have been drinking, but um, very real chance I would have went and like, Coach, uh, you know, quit uh, uh, dot com here. Uh, did did Bill Clark make you say thank you, sir? May I have some more as he handed you an ass whooping? You know, because I might have asked that. Cause it's really felt that way. Uh, Seth Trail has gotten his ass whooped. 40 to 6. Like, you know, just... I'm sure that sucks, but I mean, again, that's why they pay you the money to to go out and do that. Uh, you don't have to be the coach. You don't have to have the criticism. Nobody will ask you why 
you made the decisions you made uh if you are not the coach right if you're in the stands right next to me you can make all the jokes you want um but if you're on the sideline and you want the glory and you want the camera looking at you and you want the i don't know the golf outings and the handshakes and the complimentary car you got to produce buddy that's the name of the game right that those are the table stakes so i I was actually thinking about that while i was at the game maybe like in the second or third quarter i was actually thinking about questions for the presser and i was and i was remembering back to the exit interview that michael scott gave toby and where he was like what 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 gives you the right (laughs) (laughs) how uh who really what was the other why are you the way you are and uh, but he was trying to turn those questions into positive questions. But um, yeah, I was, I was not. It didn't feel good. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. I did not enjoy watching them lose. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, uh, it's an entertainment business. That's why Seth the Show got hired, and there was a big reason what, uh, why he got hired. It's because watching those damn McCarney teams, like you said, it was like since McNulty era. Era that was late stage McCarney, where the offense was bad. And um, it was not fun watching him get beat so hard every week. And, you know, you hire Latrell. He did a, that first year was kind of a wash. They didn't really look air raidy. But next couple years, he delivered what he promised. Hey, look, record-setting offense, record-setting offense, record-setting offense. A lot of people had a lot of fun. Great. Um, I think me, a couple other people have been saying, um, hey, uh, they're, like the offense has some weaknesses. They are, you know, they're they're like empty calorie offenses, right? Five hundred yards, but when we needed a yard, we had uncreative play calling, we had poor execution, we had a dive into the line that everybody saw coming. Um, you know, why are we doing those? Those are indicators of larger problems, uh, like an over reliance on big plays. Like I, I like Greg, Mr. Greg Godecker. Um, He's been on the podcast a bunch. He used to be on the, a lot more. Um, you know, I think I said that one time, and he was like, well, what's wrong with big plays, man? Uh, I was like, yeah, we, we just have an over-reliance on big plays. So it was a couple seasons ago. Like We're just always like, come on, Jalen Guyton, please catch this deep ball. Um, please, you know, Jeff Wilson, make a play for us. And, I mean, yeah, you want big plays. Yes, you're looking for big plays. But you also want those to come out of great execution, right? You want – we executed perfectly – and our guy made a play that turned a 20-yard gain into a 50-yard gain, turned a 4-yard gain into a 10-yard gain, that kind of thing. You don't want uh, – we had no other ideas, and this guy just saved our ass, right, which is a lot of what we're hoping for with DeAndre Torrey. Um, you know, if you're executing and then you're getting big plays, thumbs up, right? Like, it's it's very similar to what UAB did. They executed their play fake. They hit Garrett Prince for a 5-yard you know, tight end uh, crosser, and he turned it up and made a big play. That's it. You know what I mean? That's an indicator. They're not relying on those big plays to score. You know what I mean? Like, they were executing their offense. They were not just hoping, let's uh, let's just call the deep route to DeAndre Torrey, and hopefully he catches it. And if he doesn't, then we're shit out of luck. So uh, that's that's not <laughs> that's not good offense. And, yeah, so that, that getting back to it, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't have no, I don't have a whole lot of hope. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I, I've got hope in the sense that. I well, mean, you didn't watch one of the games, you know, <laughs> so. I couldn't. Yeah, I yeah, have more so, data that tells me that this, the trend lines. You no, know, and, and I, I'm not even speaking of of like material things. It's it's 
you know, Latrell's coaching for his job, sort of. Uh, he is under a long contract. Um, and it, like I've said with the defense, like you can't get any worse than this. Like I said that about the defense last year, and, and now they're doing they're outperforming what I expected them to do. And then with the offense, this is like the, the, the bottom. This is rock bottom. Like I've never seen them play this poorly yeah. uh, in years. And I think it's just <laughs> the only way to go from here is up. Yeah, I mean, but you could also just stay there. I, I don't. I know when people say that, right? Well, you can only get better. Like, no, you can stay about it this bad. Like, you, you could just kind of lie there, and then nothing happens. That has happened for a lot of teams. You see that. So I, I take your point. I understand what you're saying, and I think that's not a bad point. That you know, if you you put on your green hat and some green sunglasses, you could say, you know what, Seth Luttrell is a coach, a good coach. He's coached good offenses. He knows what good offense looks like, and he knows how to coach it and achieve it. And, you know, that be it injury or circumstance, they'll kind of work their way through it. And uh, I, I can see that happening. But, uh, again, I think it's just more, like, shocking that we're at this point and these are not it's not first year stuff it's not you know a roster that somebody else put together that he had to kind of deal with these are his guys and that and they're veteran players too yeah it's again it's like Jace Reuter former four-star guy at North Carolina where there's not quite a the same offense but similar-ish offense right and uh you know Austin Ani's been in the system for three seasons now you know and he's mature um and then last year, Jason Bean, a guy had been in the system for a long time. Like it's not, it's not anybody like. Well, they're just very unfamiliar with the way we do things. It's did we whiff on talent evaluation? Did we, you know, what what is going on here? And you could say, well, you know, he didn't have a quarterback coach or whatever you point to. There's, I don't like those things as the reasons. Like I, everything needs to be perfect for me to succeed because that's not real life, right? In a just keeping it at football. In a given play, somebody's going to make a bad read, make a bad block, and yes, you want to clean all that up. You want it to be as perfect as you can possibly make it. But that's not real football, right? The The ground's going to be a little weird. The sun's going to be in your eyes. The ball's not going to hit you perfectly in the hands. You're going to have to make a play. You're going to have to make adjustments, overcome adversity, um, and whatever they say. But that's the game, right? That's why it's, you know, it's, a, it's a steel line if it was... If it was easy, then everybody would do it. It's the heart that makes it great. And now I'm stealing a baseball line from uh, League of Their Own, but that's true. That's why we watch them do it. It's because if I would, you know, if Aldo could do it, it wouldn't be that impressive. I wouldn't watch Aldo go do that if like uh, Aldo could run for 150 yards on these, these guys. You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I was the fastest in my middle school class of of three. Uh, yeah. On the B team, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so th- that's it. That's the whole thing. And and I mean, we 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 can get strong feelings about it because we care. Making a bunch of jokes, the whole thing. Like, I want nobody to get fired. I want them to succeed. But ultimately, the the program's bigger than any one person, right? You don't like if, hey man, you don't like if you're not doing the job, then maybe step aside and let somebody else do the job. Because uh, I mean. I don't wear a Seth Latrell shirt, right? I wear a North Texas shirt. It's a mean green shirt. That's what comes front, comes first. And, uh, you know, that's kind of it. Like you're, you're supposed to make the North Texas program. When I'm when I'm 80 years old, I'm going to be wearing green. They're going to roll me in a wheelchair or whatever. I'm like, go mean green. I'm not going to say, go Seth Latrell. You know what I'm saying? So I don't have a whole lot of loyalty to individuals 
in that respect. Um, it's it's the program. So if, if we all need to make sure that we're making the program in the school, uh, you know, as best as we can, and not and not let our ego get in the way, kind of deal. Does that make sense? You have a Seth Draw yeah, shirt, yeah. though, right? You know, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I I've misspelled it though. It's literal. <laughs> Seth literal. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the Migrant Nation podcast. Don't forget to uh, like and subscribe or whatever it is you do nowadays. I forget. Uh, I realize a lot not a lot of people are listening to podcasts like on their commute um, anymore. I mean, I know I don't. I was talking to a couple of friends, and you know, I do another podcast, Deranged Penguin podcast. I'm just kind of checking up, see who's listening. They're like, yeah, I'm a couple behind because my commute's not there. I just kind of work from home. And so it's kind of hard to figure out where to, to listen to the podcast. So I don't know if you prefer listening to like on YouTube, like even this one. It's more work for me. I don't really want to do that. But y'all, if y'all like, you know, maybe put a couple clips on YouTube or put the whole thing on YouTube. I'll listen that way. Uh, I would consider doing that. Um, it just, you know, y'all let me know how you want to listen and consume the podcast. Does that mean I need to get dressed? No, I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm over here in a tank top and, and whatever. I, maybe I'd comb my hair or something. Uh, but at the very least, we could just put it on there. It wouldn't be just us, you know. I have done a video podcast and, like, recorded it. Sometimes when I did it live, just trying to test some things out. And those are kind of hit or miss, especially because I'm, like, monitoring the thing. Like, are we still live? People are asking questions. And then so I'm not as engaged in the podcast. I think it's easier just to do it, and I don't want to spend any money or commandeer any other adults around here to be uh be the the board like producer. Yeah, be the board op for me here. You know what I mean to make sure everything's right. But that is the ideal way to do it. Uh, we try to be lean, you know, lean and mean, green. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, a- anything else you want to give a shout out to? Things you're doing on the internet or otherwise? Uh, well, it's been kind of dead right now because I've been moving, uh, moved at the end of June and I've just been doing like uh, renovations around the house. And so it's been really nuts. Like I, I had to dig in a box this morning, rolled out of bed, dug in a box to get all the microphone stuff out and uh, get the laptop out and plug everything back in. Cause I, I couldn't remember where everything was. So it's, um, uh, I'll, I'll get back into the swing of things. I've got an Instagram called, uh, nerdy golfers where I track golfing i've started golfing more regularly in the last year once the pandemic hit it was just like i need to get out and do something and golfing was the safest thing because we're all outside and we're all uh, you know (laughs) yeah socially separated and stuff like that but yeah if you want to track that it's nerdy golfers (laughs) nerdy golfers um yeah i think i don't know we'll find a way to put maybe put a link in the show if i can remember i just got a workflow and then i always like oh i should have added this link there and i didn't do it um, but yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're done officially now. That was uh that was the advertisement part of the podcast. We'll see you next time. Go mean green. Go mean green.